You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for His glory. Well, church, it's my pleasure to be able to bring the word for us today. We are fully into the Christmas season. And so in just a short moment, we're going to get to look at a Bible passage that we often visit more around the Christmas period. But before we get into that, uh, if you talk to me for long enough, one of the things that you'll come to find out is among the few people that I really look up to in the world with admiration, teachers and mums rank very, very highly for me. I mean, we have a lot of incredible CLM mums and mums-to-be with us and dads, you guys are awesome and probably don't get enough credit as well. But mums, I just feel like there is such a special kind of grace on mums. Now granted that for some of us, the experiences that we've had of mums have been painful or lacking, But for those of us who have been privileged enough to have mums that are great, it's such a blessing uh, because they can be so key in shaping the kind of people that we become. Right from the start, mums practically give up their bodies to be the incubators for human life to grow. There's all sorts of hormonal, bodily, emotional changes that are taking place during pregnancy. I mean, the cost of nurturing a child in every sense of the word is expensive. And this happens every single second of every single day. According to the United Nations, there are around 140 million children that are born every year. That's 385,000 babies a day and 250 every minute. That's a whole lot of babies. And for saying that births are this frequent, the likelihood of having a healthy birth and a healthy child, to me, feels quite like a supernatural occurrence. And nowhere else in the Bible do we see so many real life accounts of miracles and almost impossible births happening. We have Sarah who gave birth to Isaac at age 99, to Hannah who prayed earnestly and was given Samuel, and Elizabeth who birthed John the Baptist. So many examples. But none is more famous than Mary, the mother of Jesus, who became pregnant as a virgin, and this is in a time when there's no IVF or no other kind of medical interventions available, and there was strictly no intercourse to happen between an unmarried man and an unmarried woman in Jewish culture and religion. So we know that this pregnancy was nothing short of a biological phenomenon, a miracle of miracles. And so today we're going to be exploring a little bit more about the life of Mary because there's some great examples and some great lessons to learn and take away from Mary's life and her heart. So the title of my message for today is Have a Merry Christmas. (laughs) See what I did there? Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. Literally, when I thought of that title, I laughed to myself and I said, my message here is done. I've delivered all I need to deliver. Uh, I'm just joking. I'm sure I'm not the only one to be that original uh, in that title. Uh, To help us explore the life of Mary a little bit, we're going to be focusing on Luke 1, 26 to 42, which says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, to a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. 
The virgin's name was Mary, and the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus, for he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you so that the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. At the time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. Well, CLM kids, if you are watching today, I wondered if you could have a go at drawing the journey of Mary from being in her house and encountering the angel Gabriel and then her running to Elizabeth's house to share about the good news. If you've also got any teenage girls listening today, I'm going to describe a little bit about Mary and I want you to imagine what you would be thinking and feeling if you were Mary in her situation. Mary was a small town girl from Nazareth. She was a teenager and it's said that she could have been as young as 13 years old. She was engaged to be married to Joseph and so already a lot of things are happening for her. And if these life changes weren't enough and already overwhelming to take in, the last recorded, angel, uh, the last recorded visit of Angel Gabriel uh, for anyone apart from Zechariah in Luke 1 was to Daniel in the Old Testament 700 years ago. And so, of course, Mary would be startled and shocked to see an angel. Yet even more shocking would be the news that she was about to receive about being a virgin mother. This wasn't just life-changing news, this was world-changing news. Christmas is a time for us to celebrate this world-changing news and what came from it. And there are some significant things that we can learn about Mary's response and her life from this story that we too can carry into Christmas and beyond. And the first thing that we learn is to have a Merry Christmas is to have a Christmas that is marked by favour and blessing. Contrary to popular belief, especially for those of us that are children listening today, you know, the gifts that you receive at Christmas might be a normal part of your Christmas, but these gifts are not your right. You are not entitled to them. And dare I even say that maybe you don't even deserve them. That's exactly why they're called gifts. They're given uh, to us out of the blessing and kindness and favor of those who love us and want to see us enjoy them. 
And James 1.7 says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like the shifting shadows. More than even our earthly parents who give good gifts, God is the heavenly Father who gives good and perfect gifts to his children. Not because we're good or because we deserve them, but because he alone is good and loving towards us. And so here was Mary, this ordinary girl living an ordinary life, but now she had become the target for God's arrows of blessing and favor. This nobody in a nothing town in the middle of nowhere was known by name and chosen by God. A poor and lowly girl was about to receive a downpour of the riches of heaven. And you might argue that 2020 hardly feels like the year that I can comfortably say it's been a year of blessing and favor. Or you might say, I too feel insignificant and ordinary like Mary. But I want you to know that God knows your name and he can come to you wherever you are today with blessing and favor and in this Christmas period. In fact, God has already come to us with blessing and favor. So regardless of how you think or feel about yourself or about the year, I want you to take a moment to say out loud, say, I am blessed. Say, I am favored. Say, the grace of God is upon me. But what does this blessing and favor actually look like? Well, from the text on Mary, we learn that the gifts, blessings and favour of God can be wrapped up in this way. Get it? Wrapped up, gifts over your head. Uh, it can be wrapped up in this way. It's the presence of God with us, the promise of God to us and the work of God in us. Firstly, the presence of God with us. The angel of the Lord comes to Mary and says, greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. And it was so important that the Lord was with Mary and she had an assurance of this because what she was about to go through was out of this world. If God was not in it, then maybe nothing could have even come from it. And we too, like Mary, we need the assurance that God is with us, especially as we look back as what, at what has been of our year or what 2021 might have for us. In Isaiah 7, 4, Isaiah prophesied saying, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and he shall be called Emmanuel, which we know means God with us in your fears, in your anxieties, in your loneliness and your grief this Christmas, in your financial hardships, God is with you. In your joy, in your excitement, as you celebrate with others, God is with you. You know, this Christmas we may gather with family and friends and what great company that will be. But what a privilege to say that we will be in the company of God, the creator of the universe. When all the festivities are finished and everyone who's come to visit you heads home, we have a God that never has to leave. He's an ever-present help. The blessing and favor of God is the presence of God with us. 
The blessing and favor of God this Christmas is also about the promises of God to us and the work of God in us. Throughout the gospels and especially as we track through to the birth of Jesus, the writers repeatedly say, all this was done to fulfill what was written in scriptures or uh, what was spoken by the prophets. These were reminders, not just of prophecies, but promises fulfilled. God at work bringing his will and his plan to pass. And in Luke 1, 31 to 33, the angel of the Lord had promised Mary that by the power of the Holy Spirit that she would conceive the Son of God. Mary was blessed with the promise of a seed, something small, a child in her womb. Yet this child would go on to yield the biggest fruit, the salvation of many souls. And though our destinies might not be the same as Mary, God speaks promises to us and works in us also. And all of this can be fully taken hold of because Emmanuel, God with us, came to earth in the person of Jesus, fully man and fully God. And to those that believe in him came the promises of a perfect savior, forgiving us of our sins, saving us from eternal punishment, putting us in right standing with God, making us a new creation, filling us with the Holy Spirit, calling us his children, guiding us, leading us, protecting us, providing for us, comforting us, being our perfect king. That's what it means to have favor and blessing from God. We didn't deserve any of it, but because of Jesus, we can have all of it. Secondly, to have a Merry Christmas is to have a Christmas marked by a servant heart. A servant heart is about more than just acts of service. It's about taking the posture and identity of a servant. And in response to the angel's description of how she would come to conceive, Mary said, behold, I am your servant. Let it be to me according to your word. What determined Mary's yes was not that she had gone away and prayed and fasted about it for months on months. And don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with doing that sometimes. Neither was it because she knew that others wouldn't judge her or that Joseph had promised to be her forever and always. The qualifier, the qualifier for her was that I am your servant and you have spoken. So let it be. What boldness and courage to respond in this way. I wonder how many of us today can confidently say that we would respond in the same way. According to the World Economic Forum, America is the world's biggest spender at Christmas. They spend $1 trillion, that's one with 12 zeros, on food, gifts, festivities, all of it and the UK is close by with 80 billion pounds. You know, while Christmas will cost us financially, choosing a servant heart this Christmas may cost us more than our finances. Let's not assume that the quickness of Mary's yes meant that it was easy or that she knew that her life to follow was going to be easy. Mary wasn't just saying yes to carrying a child and then going on her merry way. She was saying yes to the potential of a future marriage being canceled, the stigma of pregnancy outside of marriage, her family's reputation being ruined, being discarded by her family, confusion, risking her health, financial costs. 
all of this before her baby was even born. And these were not just problems or pains in theory. She actually went through some of these challenges. Like Joseph actually wanted to divorce her. I'm sure her neighbors were talking. They had to flee uh, to Egypt from their hometown. In the podcast, The Characters of Christmas by Daniel Darling, which I highly recommend that you listen to in this season. Uh, when he talks about Mary, he says, to raise the son of God would have been a roller coaster of emotions. Seeing and hearing of him, feeding the multitudes, walking on water, healing the sick, raising the dead, astonishing people with his teachings, alienated from his own family, his brothers rejecting him, his disciples denying him, religious leaders trying to keep kill him, people leaving him when his teachings became too hard. She would follow his journey of him being arrested unjustly, beaten so badly that he couldn't be recognized, nails piercing his hands and feet, blood pouring from his body, struggling to gasp for breaths, crying out in agony, bearing the weight and sins of all humanity, the gods ripping his body off the cross. Then she would see him resurrected. The blessing and favor of Mary was supernatural but the emotions and pain to follow would be very much natural because Mary was just like you and me. But Mary's yes to God would make way for Jesus's yes to God the Father. And Jesus's whole life was about doing the will of God, emptying himself of his glory and living the lowly life of a servant for us. Mary said yes, to a perfect son of God, but Jesus would say yes to a sinful and broken world. You know, no amount of service that we will ever do could amount to how Jesus served us and he paid it all. Our service to God is only as a response to his love towards us. Yet we are called to respond in a heart of service. Jesus said in Matthew 20, whoever wants to become a great, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be the first must be your slave. Just as the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Will your response to Jesus this Christmas be that I am the Lord's servant? May your word to me be fulfilled. You know, for us as a church, we receive the word that we believe is from God about us moving into a season of shift. And it will require us to count the cost as we move forward into more of what God has for us, as we seek to serve the city and bring the kingdom of God into our neighborhoods and every sphere of influence that we are in. A servant heart this Christmas might look like generosity in your time and in your resources to serve those in need. I know actually of some people in CLM that last year they spent their Christmas morning serving the homeless. It might look like inviting that one family member that you've been having a really difficult relationship with that you didn't want to invite over for Christmas, but you want to share with them the celebrations of Christmas an uncomfortable cost, but all for serving Jesus. To have a Merry Christmas is to have a Christmas marked by a servant heart. 
And finally, to have a Merry Christmas is to have a Christmas marked by a joy that is shared. You know, recently I celebrated my birthday on December 7th. Note that down in your calendar so you are more than prepared uh, for next year. <laughs> but one thing that I was reflecting on is that even for those of us that prefer to have low-key celebrations and not really make a big fuss over it, having something to be joyful about is one thing, but having others to be rejoicing with is another thing that makes it so much more sweeter. After receiving the news from the angel, uh, Mary was excited to share her joy with her family member, Elizabeth. And in fact, she stayed in her house for three months. The young and the old came together to celebrate the joy of Jesus in their homes. And for us this Christmas, as those who received a message of the good news of Jesus, the joy of the world, we get the opportunity to share that joy with others, not just because it's been commanded to us as disciples of Jesus, but because when we share our joy with others, it makes it all the more sweeter. So who's your Elizabeth? Who will you be sharing Jesus with this Christmas? The Bible says that at the time Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea. She didn't just go, but she was ready to go and she did it with speed. You know, there are some opportunities that we will get to share about Jesus that will come by by coincidence. But more so this Christmas, we get the opportunity to be intentional, to be ready to share with quickness. It may be by giving someone a call or messaging them to personally invite them to the carol service happening next Sunday. Or opening up conversations with your teachers and lecturers and asking them, what do you think the meaning of Christmas is all about? And then you sharing about Jesus. You know, Tanisha Gale, one of our CLM members, created a fantastic opportunity for three of us for, from CLM to share about Christmas and about Jesus just this Friday that had been. And it was an online broadcast to an international audience. And we had a brilliant time. But I loved what Tanisha said that as we were preparing, she said, uh, we'd done discussions on Diwali and other things going on, but the team were just ready to skip over Christmas. So I had to jump in and ask and say, surely we can't skip, we have to do it. I'll do it. This wasn't just an accidental opportunity. It was an opportunity given because like Mary, Tanisha was ready and responded with speed. What do you need to do to be ready to respond and to share the joy of Jesus? Do you simply need to get back into the word of God in this season and meditate on the powerful accounts of Jesus's life, therefore allowing the joy of Jesus to fill your heart again and to overflow to others. To have a Merry Christmas is to have a joy that is shared. Allow me to pray. Yeah, Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you that he came to earth fully man and fully God and he died for our sins so that we could have life. We thank you for your blessings and your favour poured out 
on us, that we get the opportunity to share of the joy of Christmas with those that we love this season. And Father God, I pray that as we continue on with the Christmas period, Lord, help us to be used as your vessels to say, like Mary said, let it be according to your word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you.